Hi. Hello. This is Double Bluff. The comedy podcast where we teach a lot and lie a little. I'm Renee. And I'm Carissa. And, uh, it's really hot. (laughs) We're so fucking hot. It's really hot. We're just, like, we're crammed in, like, a dark room with, like, like, no windows and no fan, just stewing in our own still air. You know that little thought exercise where it's like, would you rather be stuck in a tiny dark room with a with an eye looking at you through the keyhole <laughs> or or be burnt alive? And today I realized I would rather be burnt alive because that this is... <laughs> Am I the tiny eye that's staring at you through the glass? <laughs> through the keyhole, yeah. Through the keyhole. <laughs> It's like I'm keeping you in a podcast dungeon, mm-hmm. and I, I say I know it's 36 degrees outside, oh. but I'm going to need you to stay in this windowless, yeah. airless room uh, until we finish this episode. I honestly thought the first time I'd be in a dungeon, it would be way sexier than yeah. this. I mean, situation. it's pretty hot. We're no, we're both wearing as little clothes as possible. We got our we got yeah. ourselves some fresh. BJ's. Ooh, BJ's. Some booster fresh juice. booster juices. <laughs> They're not even paying us for this. Mm-hmm. They should be, though. Mm. What's your booster juice like? Oh, so tropical. So. When you ordered it, I thought you called it a tropical tomato. <laughs> and I was like, that's so disgusting. You you remember that one kid in class? Like, everyone's talking about, they were learning about vegetables and we're learning about fruits. Um, tomatoes are fruit fruit actually yeah think about it think about it (laughs) was that you were you that kid uh yes yes (laughs) were you the um do you know do you know when teachers say oh we're gonna do it rain or shine do you remember the kid in class who would Mm. go well what if there's a tornado (laughs) what if there's a hurricane no we would you didn't have that kid oh my god that's definitely a like a white arrogance thing then for sure (laughs) Yeah. We would have, like, what if there's a tsunami? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I didn't think about... It's just the cultural differences. Like, when I was young, I watched... um, What's that movie with the... uh, Lots of animals. There's a straw animal or a straw thing oh straw man <laughs> what a straw man and a lion like the wizard of oz yes the wizard of okay. oz i don't know why i said that just like a complete fob that's totally the worst description <laughs> of the wizard of oz i've ever heard lots of animals <laughs> there's really only one animal there's a lion well there's the flying monkeys okay they're not really central characters to the plot, though. <laughs> anyway, I was, like, nine, and I watched it, and you see the the tornado. And I, like, legitimately thought that the tornado was about as real as the Wicked Witch of the West. Hmm. So I was like, that's not real. Oh, like, you didn't think tornadoes were no. real? <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, was like, no. Well, those are fake. Okay, and- but didn't <laughs> you... Hold on. <laughs> I'm just trying to put this together in my mind. What significant climate events were you was your childhood marked by then tsunamis is dubai a coast i this is when i was still in india oh in india oh yes okay yeah tsunami floods yeah yeah Um, lots of water things tornadoes not not a thing not a thing but tornadoes are also a thing like also like in the desert Possibly, like never. dust storms. The sandstorms. Sandstorms. Yeah. yeah. A sandstorm's like a wall. Yeah. Okay. See, 
Yeah. Now all that's playing in my mind though is like Sandstorm by Daru. So. <laughs> I honestly have only ever seen it in YouTube comments. The classic question, what song is playing? And yeah. the answer A Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> but I haven't heard it in a really long time. It used to be like a really like a, a, a inside joke between me and Cam all the time. Ooh. But I don't now, think it was an inside joke. No, so I much well as like <laughs> a worldwide it phenomenon. Was one of the many, many things that Cam and I thought made us special and unique and different. <laughs> Wait, can you explain who Cam is? Oh yeah, Cam is a good friend of both of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's my best friend from university. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe he we'll was... have him on sometime. We should. He's so funny, way funnier than and smart and really good at lying. He's <laughs> kind of a psychopath. Yeah, he had to be closeted for a long time. Yes, that's true. Teaches you some skills. Do you want to say any other personal details about his We're life? We're going to definitely have to delete that. I don't know why I <laughs> thought it was okay to do you say wanna, Do you want to talk about his, like, prescriptions and his medical diagnoses or anything? <laughs> Can someone kill me? Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Cam was also Renee's best man. Yeah, so. yeah, he was at he, my wedding. Um, it was great. He really balanced out the photos because um, he's so tall. He sort of just anchors... Everybody else. Yeah, you were mixed and you still got the shitty Filipino hygiene. Yeah, I, which is fine. I think I'm happy to be mm. short. It makes me more approachable <laughs> and less threatening. I cannot relate. I have the biggest Napoleon complex known to man. <laughs> you do. Your, Carissa is shorter than me. Oh, God. I, I Right now, I want you to visualize just a peach. Round, mm-hmm. fuzzy, okay, and peachy. Like, I just, yeah, I'm a peach, but not, like, cute. Like, the peach after Timothy Chalamet fucks it. <laughs> <laughs> a peach with... <laughs> Just a column of emptiness running through it, <laughs> and like, from whence his his penis yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. and rancid cum. Just like, Ew, did he come yeah. inside of yeah, it? Yeah, he definitely did. Wait, how big was this peach? His penis fit in a peach. <laughs> was that ever addressed? I don't think it went all the way in. I think it was more like you know, like when you polish a um... a, a, a pool cue. <laughs> yeah. How is that pleasurable? <laughs> I understand it less now. Also, isn't there a pit in the inside? I think he took it out for sure. There was some maneuvering done. But I know he came in it because Army Hammer, um, like, then proceeds to, um, like, whatever. You know what? Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about a recurring dream that I've been having. Yes. Yes, I'm excited. I keep dreaming that I'm straight. Uh, okay. And I'm secretly straight. So, like, in this dream, I'm, like, sitting down, and then there's a boy that sits behind me. And your heart's like, every time we touch, I get this feeling. <laughs> like, how how did you know in the dream that you were straight? Because I remember thinking, oh, my God, am I straight now? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> and then I woke up, and I was like, am I repressing being straight? And honestly, no. But could you imagine me... Straight? Like, imagine everything that I am now, same. No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like... Also, I don't think that you could be everything that you are now and also straight. You know what I find so funny? Of all the, like, okay, straight, straight women, they kind of hate men. Like, you know, they're like, oh, we have no other option. We're gonna be nice to them. We're gonna make them food once in a while. Gay women were like, ugh, disgusting. But also, whatever. Like, it's kind of like... Like, what I think of possibly Americans. Ugh. But, like... Yeah. 
None, none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not going to touch that. And then the third one is bisexual women who hate men, but unfortunately also have to be attracted to them. That is so true. And they know how good it is to be attracted to women, and they're so, they, it gets, it makes them bitter. Because they're like, what the fuck? I could have it all. But I'm, like, tied down by this. It's like a man who's really successful in all things and also has a poop fetish. It's like, why is this one thing just, like, holding (laughs) me back? I've never felt more seen in my life. I am a bisexual woman, and I do, I feel everything that you're saying. The only thing holding me back from transcending, really, the human condition is my poop fetish. Do you want to talk about something we discovered? I do. I, okay, first of all, Carissa, what's our premise that we came up with on... <laughs> These are the ancient scrolls that we are currently pulling up. Sometime in April, <laughs> I didn't record the date. However... No, I have the phone call and the text. I have it. Uh, we got the receipts. Okay, yes, Netflix. Do. Okay. Okay, What's so... the premise? One of us is going to take the opportunity to teach the other something really interesting. Anything. It could be uh, about your mom's toe. Mm. But it has to be truthful except for one lie. 99% truth and one lie. Mm-hmm. Like those right. antibacterial soaps. Yeah. And so it's not terribly unique. It's much like the game Two Truths and a Lie. Yeah. Which is why Netflix stole it too. Right. So Netflix came out with a video. I guess it was like a promo Ugh. for one of their shows. It was a movie with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, God. They got Hemsworth in on it. Yeah. Anyway, they had this YouTube video and it's like 21 trivia facts about the movie Extraction with one hidden lie. And I just want to say... Chris Hemsworth, we see you, okay? (laughs) Netflix, it was our idea first, and history will show that. Also, Netflix can do what they want. They're still never going to be as funny as us. It's like some sleep-deprived intern in living in a van in Los Angeles, California, coming up with these facts and a lie. It's never going to compare to our level of dedication. Like, (laughs) Renee spent all night doing this. I did. I have... Five pages of information, sort of. Five pages. Take that, Netflix intern. Yeah, there's there's maybe much less than 21 trivia facts on here, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of it is just my, like, my editorializing. And, and, you know, I'm an art student, so our prerogative is to sort of get research information and mm-hmm. then respond to it in terms of how do we feel about it. Oh, Oh. That is the the height of our education. That sounds system. like a therapy appointment. And it is. Uh, and it's really not working either because <laughs> it makes me really fucking depressed. <laughs> Welcome to higher education. Mm-hmm. Cheers to that. It's a 12-step program. And the first <laughs> 11 are e-transfers of several thousand dollars. <laughs> the last step is you go fuck yourself. Mm. Well, I've been working real hard on that one. Next, we exchange roles every other week. So last week, I was the one teaching. Yeah, and, and you got me. Yeah, Renee. <laughs> <sighs> 
Renee, I will give you many chances to redeem yourself. It is okay. But yeah, so today is Renee's chance to hoodwink me and teach me something super interesting. Yeah, I hope it's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like my last episode wasn't as interesting as it was me being uncharacteristically horny for the Beatles. <laughs> But for a band that I really don't like, I don't know why I was coming so hard over Paul McCartney. But we're, we're past that. We got mm -hmm. a new topic. In our episode two, we talked a little bit about wanting to do cults. Mm. I didn't want to do straight up cults. Mm -hmm. But what I did want to do is this. End of days. I'm really nervous. Like, I, I... Do you feel like you have to live up to my legacy? Yeah, because your last episode was, like, from... It was just a revelation for me. It was from uh, from the heart. Yes. See, the thing is, like, I don't know if you do it, but, like, when I write this, these these episodes, it's so last minute. Mm -hmm. I write it, and then I don't look at it again until we're sitting across from each other. Yeah. And I, I don't even know what's in this stack of papers right now. <laughs> I genuinely... I, I finished this at 3 a.m. last night. Renee, I don't even edit my papers, like term papers, worth 80% of my grade. Turnitin.com, like, as soon as you fucking finish, turn it in. Like, uh, that's what I do. Yeah. I don't read it, but... And that's the same with this. And this doesn't, like, I'm not even earning money on this. Yeah. At the same time, I'm never asked to then read that paper... <laughs> that I turned in at 11.59 yeah. in front of others yeah. and recorded and perhaps put online for all of eternity. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Okay, so the topic is end of days. <clears throat> you can call this anything you want. End of days, end of the world, apocalypse, mm. doomsday, mm. Uh, eschatology. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just threw that in there to make you seem smart. I'm going to be using that word a lot. Um, okay. Because it's good for my self-esteem. Mm. So, uh, I guess I want to start off with why did I choose this? I believe that humans have psychological tendencies to imagine our own demise. You know, like, this is something that persists in so many religions, even in, you know, with, with secular people, mm -hmm. uh, online, in the deepest, darkest corners of Reddit, people are imagining our demise. Mm. Scientists are preoccupied with imagining our demise, mm. calculating our demise. This is something that is important to us. Humans are entirely preoccupied with it. We predict the apocalypse literally twice a year. <laughs> and we get fucking pumped about it every time. Wait, this twice a year figure, who are these people that we're counting? So like, why, like even just in our common memory, you know, Y2K, yeah. uh, the 2012 thing. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, there have been others, maybe not as popular, but humans yeah. do this. Yeah. yeah, like my extended family is convinced it's the presence of homosexuals that <laughs> that will end the world. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's okay. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I really have to take you at face value. I didn't have a religious upbringing. I'm gonna have to just believe everything that you say. Anyway, humans predicting the apocalypse is to me like a teenage boy faithfully and devotedly edging in his bedroom <laughs> for hours and hours. And hours on end. So has humanity for millennia. That's written in this paper. I don't make the rules. Wait, I'm sorry, but <laughs> are you saying that, like, human beings' tendency to sort of fantasize about our... Our climax. 
the climax of humanity. I don't think this is this metaphor is far off. But I will say we do just sort of bring ourselves to the edge of this belief, you know, like, oh, the world's going to end in 2012. And then it doesn't. And then, you know, coronavirus comes. Oh, the world's going to end. The world's going to end. And it's not going to. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But I see it even in, like, on a personal scale. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever go to a funeral and then imagine your own? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't really go to that many funerals. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't a brag or anything. <laughs> Stop flexing on the ground. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, because on. of coronavirus, I see this tendency mm. becoming acceptable as commentary. Thoughts which would normally be kept to ourselves, contained safely in drawn-out conversations that you don't really want to be in with a friend of a friend at your mutual friend's barbecue, and you're like mostly saying like, yeah, 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 maybe. You know, these thoughts are now being shared with the larger public. I think we need to go back and we need to look at this and rethink this. Yeah, things... Things that a 28-year-old man who has just lost his job... Yes. Those things have now become national news. Yeah, why... We should not be listening to that person. (laughs) I had a friend of mine recently. Mm -hmm. He's he's making observations. You know, Mm -hmm. he's looking at everything that's happening. He was like, look, there's plague. There's wildfires. Whole species of animals disappearing for no reason. And I was like... We don't have time to explain the ecosystem to you. (laughs) So I'm just going to have to be like, yeah, man, crazy times. This is crazy times. Ah, 2020. Unprecedented times. (laughs) Challenging times. Anyway, um, Mm. so I do, like, I think most of this episode I'm going to be talking about religious things because Mm. their end of days narratives are, like, super flushed out. But... I guess I just want to have a conversation before we start. Let's get a little intense. Why do you think even secular people Mm -hmm. are so obsessed with the end of the world? So when you told me about this, Mm -hmm. right, honestly, the only thing I could think about was religious fantasies, right, about Mm -hmm. the end of the world. But I think secular people like it too because we like conspiracy. Everyone likes conspiracy. Everyone likes a story. And we've talked about it before, where why why do people like fantasy? Mm -hmm. They like figuring out the hidden links, right? And it's the same thing. It's like you feel like you're connecting the dots. You're seeing something before anyone else is, and it's something that is catastrophic yeah scale and i think that's what's appealing and it's sort of like we just feel i think as humans all of us religious secular like there is some feeling that we just don't belong here like Mm. we're always looking for what what's the moment when humanity will be like subverted and 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 defeated you know like it's this weird like we sort of have this feeling like we've gone too far you're so right that even in positive narratives about humans Mm -hmm. it's still that we are removed from this earth Mm -hmm. why the fuck don't we want to be here this is literally (laughs) the perfect place i i but we think somehow we're destined for something higher Mm -hmm. and either we don't belong here because we belong on a higher plane or because you know, somehow we've we've perverted the course of nature. Mm-hmm. Somehow we just don't deserve to be here forever. And yeah. that's what we're going to be getting into today. Oh, wow. This is so... I am so... I feel like I'm going to go on a roller coaster ride, but this time I'm not scared of heights. I'm just going to have fun. Oh, 
That's so beautiful. Thank you for bringing that energy. (laughs) Like I said, eschatology. It's like a part of theology that's concerned with death and judgment. And it says, this is is Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Mm -hmm. The final destination of the soul and of mankind. So like I said, it's like we are moving. This is, for some reason, not our final destination. This is the weird implications, right? Mm-hmm. And so for, for religious people, this is like about the reunification with God, mm-hmm. uh, punishment of the evil, vindication of the righteous. Um, and, and to be clear, as I go through this, like end of days doesn't always mean the world will end, but like maybe some like apocalyptic event mm-hmm. like Christ returning. You were brought up as an evangelical Christian? Mm, I would just say Protestant. Protestant? I'm just curious. I wanted to, like, access your sort of thoughts about it. Like, what were your eschatological narratives? Okay, this is so embarrassing. I'm so ready. uh, I don't know if my parents still believe in this because there was a lot of theological growth when we moved away from my town in India. Um, but the eschatological context that I grew up with was the rapture. Yeah. Okay. Can you explain a little bit what the rapture is? So, it's this Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What It was called The Knowing, right? <laughs> no, it was called uh, Left Behind. He had two oh, rapture movies for sure then. No, no, no. Left Behind is another series of rapture movies. And then I think Nicolas Cage was Lots of rapture movies. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, this is the most embarrassing thing. So they believe, and I really don't think that there's any basis in, like, the Bible. I mm-hmm. think it came from later on. But anyway, it's definitely derived from evangelical American beliefs. Um, And it's the belief that towards the end of days when Jesus Christ comes, or actually right before he comes back again, the righteous will be basically, have you, uh, beam me up, Scotty? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The righteous will be beamed up into heaven. You don't have to be embarrassed. So I have a branch of my family, which is Jehovah's Witness. Yes, I was very familiar with the rapture. To put this into context, I was raised an atheist, so, like, my cousin would tell me about the rapture, and I would be like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but so, when I talk about, like, uh, Armageddon, the apocalypse, end of days, whatever, yes, different sects of Christianity have different conceptions of what the end of the world will look like, but mainly, like, just the Judeo-Christian apocalypse narrative is generally the dominant cultural end of days narrative in the west like mm-hmm. like you said there's like nicholas cage movies about it yeah whatever um but <laughs> before i get into christian eschatology and mm-hmm. also other doomsday cults mm-hmm. i want to talk about maybe lesser known eschatology of other major religions mm. um and i'm mm-hmm. gonna do my best uh i have done insultingly short summaries mm. of huge religion. So please give me a break. You're just continuing a grand tradition in (laughs) Western religious studies. (laughs) Really? Yes. Just really like footnotes version. Mm. I just want to make it clear. I am not meaning to summarize. This is clearly not the entire eschatological narrative. There was so much. This is just... This is fast food. This is fast food (laughs) Baha'ism. Do you want to get Baha'i tonight? Yeah, Baha'i, yeah. Who, who invented that? It's Persians. Wow. Fuckers invented so many things, including 
The biryani and the samosa. What? Did you know that? They did? Yeah, I hate that about them. Oh, so delicious. Why? Um, Why are you jealous? Can't you just be happy for them? (laughs) Because, look, I was raised thinking that Indians invented everything, (laughs) including helicopters. (laughs) And (laughs) to find out, no, the Wright brothers probably did that. And also... The Persians invented biryani. Rude. Who invented kebab? Definitely the Persians. Those are good people. Yeah. Or maybe just any any Middle Eastern, like, you can't, this meat on a stick ain't ain't the yeah. most sophisticated of things. Am I saying that only because I'm salty that they invented it? <laughs> it sounds a little bit like that. It's just spoken Also, meat. our boss probably thinks that Greeks invented it. Well, they like, did not. Like, on a stick. So, I'll start with Baha'i. Baha'i is, uh, like I said, it's, like a, it's a Persian religion. It's super old. And they have sort of this way of like reconciling all religions and kind of saying all of them are true, at least symbolically. Which is kind of insulting, I understand. Like, it's kind of like a like a backhanded comp- like <laughs> It's like a backhanded thing. Like They're like, those people killed you. Uh, their God is the same as your God. Yeah, okay, I can see, I can see the, the offensiveness of that. <laughs> Once again, as an atheist... I don't see any of these dynamics. I'm like, <laughs> this is trivia. I'm like, this is just fun trivia. No, this is fun. Fun. Let's go. I actually love the Baha'i faith. Oh, cool. So the Baha'i eschatology is, it's not violent. It's not like the end of mankind or the mm. end of the world. Um, so let's be clear. Their idea of creation is that it doesn't have a beginning or an end. Mm-hmm. So their idea of eschatology is that it's more symbolic. Hmm. So they say that human time is marked by like messengers of God who kind of come at several times in our in our in our history. Mm-hmm. And they basically ask humanity, you're either going to accept and believe mm-hmm. uh, God, and that's the equivalent of heaven, or you're going to reject and deny it. And now you're in hell, the hell of denial. Oh. Right. So it's sort of more like a spiritual hell and a spiritual heaven. Mm. And um, I'm sure you'll touch on this later. But the idea of hell being disbelief and mm-hmm. basically not being with God is also very similar to Judaism. I will not touch on that later. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> or, or I'm sure I'm butchering it, but I know that like the idea of hell as it exists in Christianity is not borrowed from Jude like Jewish tradition. Well, so finish your thought. Oh yeah, so it's like it's a lot of Hellenistic influence yeah. and Zoroastrian influence and like the Hades that Christians yeah. know, so, like is- the the wailing and gnashing of teeth great tribulation stuff yeah jewish like a lot of jews will say well well, we don't even have hell right but when i asked my professor he said yeah there is like this idea of a hell but hell is not a fiery pit Mm. it's not being with god yes whatever that means that's exactly what i wanted to say is that for baha'i heaven and hell are just sort of like ways to measure nearness or distance from god and the interesting thing about that is how similar it is to orthodoxy like mm. eastern the, the my my husband is a syrian orthodox mm-hmm. and their idea of the revelation is not you know this wailing gnashing of teeth heaven and hell mm. it's just like 
you will see all of good and evil and you'll despair because you know you realize you you we're living in evil and now mm. you have a chance to be with god again don't believe in any of that mm-hmm. but it's not the same thing as like all of the evil people will be punished punished it's not mm-hmm. like that i'll keep going i'll try to be quick mm-hmm. so buddhism uh, the the buddha prophesied that his teachings would disappear 5000 years after his passing so that's around 4600 common era so we got we got time oh lots of time we got time we're going to chill with the dharma how convenient how convenient for us. We don't have to worry about this at all. Yeah. But at that time, <laughs> mankind will be consumed by sin and depravity and societal collapse. And the Maitreya, a future Buddha, will be born at that time. And they're just going to teach us, basically from the ground up again, how to be good. Oh, is it like cyclical then? Mm, I didn't get that impression. It does end. The Sermon of the Seven Sons <laughs> is the end of the world. It is Mm. that seven suns will appear in the sky and just muck the earth in seven different ways. Are these like suns as in balls of fire? Yes, balls of literal fire. How are they going to do it in different ways though? Well, like, it seems like they each just sort of have their own responsibility of destruction. Like, one of them is going to drive the Ganges. One of them's going to drive the oceans. I feel like that's an uneven distribution yeah, of Yeah, like, no, dude, you don't know anything about suns. One of them, <laughs> like, one of them in a couple of years, like, just our sun is going to do all of that. <laughs> you don't got to bring an extra reinforcement. Um, until literally the entire planet is engulfed in fire. And I, one thing that I love about this is it's just crazy how, like, this is not the only culture this crops up. Like, Aztec people also had an idea of five suns fucking up the earth at some point in time. And I just think it's crazy how we all kind of innately know that the sun is trying to kill us. (laughs) And not to be dramatic, but after this week, I kind of feel... Like the sun's trying to kill us. It's 26 degrees. Stop being dramatic. It's 30 something degrees. It's like 36 degrees. It okay? is not 36 degrees. It is. It's hot. And I I just feel like the... I get what the Buddhists are trying to say. You know what I mean? I feel like the sun is malicious at this point. I do. I agree, though. Like, this sun is making me want to give up all my possessions. <laughs> this sun's making me a better person. I'm too lazy to sin right Imagine now. Imagine if we had three suns. I would be so good. Seven I would suns? be great. I would be like, you know what? No need to send the other four yeah. sons. Hold off. It's cool. Thanks. <laughs> so Wiccanism. Wiccanism is sort of like Baha'i. Um, where Made they're... up. <laughs> so their uh, end of days is not violent and it does not represent the end of humanity. When was this created? A tra- the main tradition of Wiccanism is called the British traditional Wiccanism. Of course. Um, and it was sort of brought to the public in the 1950s, but all of their rituals like are super old. Yeah, it's like super ancient. So their end of days represents the end of human dominance and separation of and from nature. Oh. Right? So the the nice. the British traditional Wicca, which is the largest tradition of Wicca, mm-hmm. they worship two like stone age gods. So there's the horned god and the mother goddess. The horned, he's like he's a goat head. Oh. And a person body. Why people love goats? Anyway, I go on. Know. Have you ever seen The Witch? 
Yes! Oh my god. Okay, I've never seen the movie, but... It's very scary. You wouldn't like it. I would not. But I know that there's, like, this little clip that went on uh, that was, like, viral on YouTube, and it was, like, the goat speaking to the girl. Would you like to live deliciously? Yeah! I want to be a Satan worshiper. You found that cool? Yeah. I, I watched that in the theaters, and I, wa I, I wanted to kill myself. I was so scared. He... What does he say? Would you like to He live? says, would you like to live deliciously? Yeah, and it was so enticing and seductive. Never wanted to fuck a goat. He wasn't asking her to fuck him. Is that what you took from that conversation? Was he? And so the end of days represents a time in human future mm -hmm. marked by what, like, the presence of the horn god and the mother goddess on earth manifested by the five elements of nature. So like earth, wind, water, fire, and I think spirit. Okay, they ran out. <laughs> they ran out. Uh, they were like, there's really not that many elements. Um, so they will, the, basically nature will reclaim human societies and humans will live in harmony with nature again. Like we basically stop destroying the fucking environment. Yeah. Not gonna happen. Okay, so my next one is Islam. The eschatology of Islam is like, it's mainly been derived from just like things that the prophet Muhammad was saying. So the signs that he says, like, that at the point that we should look for the apocalypse are all about the abuse of power. Whoa. So he says at the end of the world, there will be many liars. So he said a lot of things sort of on these lines, like there will be liars. There mm. will be the, the quote that I grabbed, I thought sort of just encapsulated his whole thing yeah. was when the most wicked member of a tribe becomes its ruler, expect the day of judgment. Oh, wow. America? Right? If you're a Muslim, given that Trump has been very hostile to Muslims, yeah, um, I can oh, see God. how. Yeah, I didn't even make that connection. But there's like in Shia um, tradition, there's a like a slightly different eschatological narrative. And I remember just a couple weeks ago, like my mm -hmm. friends on Instagram, they had like like all these posts about the end oh, of days because wow. they have this figure that when he comes back, it's kind of okay. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but yeah, I just think it is interesting that it was so apparent even on Instagram. It Very is still cool. on the minds. Oh, yeah. Young Muslims. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, just to conclude this section, I just want to say I'm really just shout out to my parents <laughs> for being godless heathens because I don't <laughs> think I could handle any of this information as a child. <laughs> okay. I was a child with no fear of death and I anticipated zero consequences for any of my actions at any point in the future. <laughs> You have these two, you gave me Baha'i and Wiccanism, where end of days isn't really the end of days, quote unquote. It's just the end of human greed. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, and I can, like, get behind that. I mean, that is really, I think essentially what all end of days narratives are trying to say is, like, there will be an end to the suffering that we created. Mm. And I think the Baha'i and Wiccanism, like, that's more or less what they're trying to say, too. Like... It, mm -hmm. it, we will just be one with the earth again mm -hmm. or one with God again. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we have to die. It just means we're all we're going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on to Christianity. So mm. there, yeah, there are many, many different religious groups, like Christian religious groups who are concerned primarily with Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. uh, however, none so famous as the Jehovah's Witnesses, <laughs> who have made hugely public wrong end of days predictions and continue to do so <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Why do they keep doing it? Don't they, are they not embarrassed? 
No, that's the thing because they have, they are protected. They have this immunity by the weird psychologies <laughs> that our brain does when you're involved in a cult. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that psychology later, but, but like, let me just touch on this. Mm. When someone, a religious group or a cult, makes a wrong prediction, mm-hmm. a wrong prophecy, mm-hmm. shouldn't that make you stop believing. Hmm. Shouldn't it? Yeah. You'd think. Yeah. But it doesn't. People's brains behave in insane ways to defend themselves basically from feeling bad. You know, Mm. like the same mechanism, which is obviously this is like 101, cognitive dissonance, Mm. the same things that our brain does that, for example, makes us drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes, even though we know empirically that it's bad for us Mm -hmm. that's the same thing that keeps people in cults it's not special we Mm. all have this 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 hardwiring i also think it's just addiction and these people are probably just addicting to being bottom bitches please cut that (laughs) i don't know why i thought that would be funny they're addicted to being loved they're not addicted to being loved they're addicted to being told what to do that too that too people some people like being told what to do but ultimately your religious community tells you you know you're alone but we love you and so why wouldn't you want to stay with them even if they make a wrong prediction we we rationalize and we we resolve our cognitive dissonance in like insane ways and that's what this story is about so the most infamous wrong prediction happened in 1975 by the way I forgot to ask you. Yes. Have I lied yet? I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. When you were bringing up the whole Islam bit, you didn't really give me great details. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because you were ignorant <laughs> or because you genuinely, like, were just like, I don't know what to say. Carissa knows a little <laughs> bit about Islam. Or maybe the Wiccanism, because also the Wiccanism, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, when were they invented? And you said 1950s is when they came out in the public or whatever. Oh, do you want more information about that? Uh, I have more information about that. I I don't know. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. I'm, okay. I'm very suspicious. I am definitely keeping a catalog of okay. all the things that I find out of order, let's okay. just say. Like I said, the most infamous wrong prediction happened in 1975. <laughs> uh, so in the 60s, the Watchtower Society, which is like the centralized leadership body of Jehovah's Witnesses, they started gently hinting that the apocalypse would begin in 1975. They started hinting. What are these Hints. Like, um, so based on... <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, based on certain calculations. Like, so, uh, by the way, a lot of this is directly stolen from the Wikipedia articles, so <laughs> I... It's technically not plagiarism, but I don't think it also technically counts as research. Anyway, <laughs> so they were like, oh, it's conceivable, it's plausible, it's perhaps could occur in 1975, but uh, it would be foolhardy to guess for sure. Like, just really, like, strong hints. So one thing to know about the Jehovah's Witnesses is that they they, they disseminate their beliefs with, like, publications. You know, like, have you ever heard of Awake! Exclamation point! That's, like, the Jehovah's Witness magazine. Oh this my is God. the thing I... that they drop on your doorstep. So they have, you know, publications that they give out to the public and then publications that they give out to their members. So this is important to remember. Back to their prophecy. Okay. So they believed that the world would maybe end in 1975 <laughs> based on the Jehovah's Witness belief 
that Christ had set up his kingdom in 1914. No. Okay, 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 okay. I have to believe this. <laughs> yep, you Because do. you don't know how much I know about Jehovah's Witnesses. And you know that I know a lot about Christian sects in general. Okay. So why would you lie about something that stupid? I like, wish I had thought of this because it's hilarious. This is this is almost on par with people saying Jesus was white. Like <laughs> this is it's self-centered, is what it is. Nineteen fourteen. Nineteen fourteen. What do they mean? What was, they mean God. is that. Like your landlord's son, after 1,914 years of procrastination, Christ, <laughs> Jesus, set up his kingdom. Why 19... Because World War One? Like, what? So the, the theory is, like, everybody who was around 15 in 1914, the kingdom was ready only for them. Eh. So that by by 1975, those people are now starting to die off. I'm guessing that's the majority of their membership. Oh my, this it's, is... It's unconscionable. This is a fucking con on a magnitude that would make George Clooney jealous. Like this, Ocean's 8. <laughs> <Kiss>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't get the connection. I thought George Clooney had done something that I wasn't aware of. So while the Watchtower publications that were meant for the public sort of like toyed and hinted and played with the idea of an apocalypse that was sometime coming soon, they never exactly prophesized it. But in publications meant only for the members, they like really leaned into it big time. So like this one quote I found from the page, it said, uh, there's less than a hundred months separating us from the end of 6,000 years of man's history. What can you do during this time? 6,000 years? Stupid. It's 3,000. Well, they're marking from... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did Indians invent human history? No, this is my Christian side talking. Ah. <laughs> Where did you mark from? Because they're marking from the creation of Adam and Eve. Yeah, we are too, but we just think that... It happened um, three years ago? That's quite new. Yeah, 3,000. Quite young. What do you guys do about, like, geology? No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't deal with those no, 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 satanic no, no. things. <laughs> it belongs in the ground. You don't pick it up. And you don't study it. Yeah, stop licking it's not rocks. Necessary. Fucking. Um, but basically, they were doing this like bait and switch where they were like not incriminating themselves to the public, but they were loading their members up with certainty that it would happen. <laughs> So an English sociologist who like studied this after the event, yeah. they quoted one of the witnesses obviously after it didn't happen. Yeah. And this guy was like, I gave up my insurance policies. I canceled my insurance endowments. I never bought a house because I knew I wouldn't need one. We didn't even put the kids' names down for school. Like, they're fucked up people's lives. Okay. Perhaps this man deserved it, though. <laughs> People are vulnerable. No, he's stupid. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Carissa, use our nice words. <laughs> Right, so, like, membership did drop. I'm not going to say it didn't. Worldwide. I, apparently there was a huge drop in the Netherlands. I don't know. Maybe there was, like, extra special Dutch lies happening. <laughs> um, but, like, it really didn't stop membership permanently. Mm. People still, by the 80s, membership picked up again. People keep joining the Jehovah's Witnesses. Some people stayed through the false predictions. A lot of people even said that the prophecy was fulfilled 
but not in the way it oh it was fulfilled there was another event we just you know we didn't see it it was a new era that started oh like finding all these ways that they could still interpret the prophecy as being fulfilled. This makes so much sense. Like, I'm not surprised, given that I did grow up in a pretty uh, intense Christian sect. Although my parents were pretty great, I wouldn't say, like, my community was. And I know how people bend over backwards to believe right. in dumb shit. It, it really is, like, for me, so manipulative. And this is my thing, not just with cults, but, like, with a lot of religions like the ones that are sort of like hey this is fun jesus yeah. is fun jesus is your friend like yeah. sort of like are you kind? alone like yeah jesus is your friend like yeah. people just want friends they just yeah. want to be loved yeah. and so if this big organization is like well you're you know you better believe us mm -hmm. like that's who they learn to trust i know and Maybe because I did grow up as a pastor's kid, but I don't think that a lot of the people at the top even go in explicitly to manipulate. Like, they are oh. also victims of these beliefs. Really? Like, yeah. you think that... Do you think that the leaders who sort of made these prophecies, like, you think they bought their own bullshit? Yeah. I think a wow. lot of them do. I'm not saying they do it completely. They definitely put contingencies in place that they wouldn't allow for their congregation. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to pull their kids out of school. But they do believe it. And I think that's what makes it dangerous because it's not necessarily this, like, charlatan. My godfather mm -hmm. is a faith healer. Oh, okay. And he's huge. He has, like, a TV show. <gasps> he's a televangelist? Yeah. Wow! And he is not necessarily a bad person. He, I, or I think maybe he is, but he he's a good person to me. And I know that he does it because he believes in it. Because he converted. He used to be a Hindu. Yeah. And he converted because he found, quote unquote, God's light or whatever. Right. He is a faith healer and he doesn't do it necessarily. I mean, he does profit off of it. I am not going to sugarcoat that. But he profits off of it. And he believes in it, and I don't think those are mutually exclusive things. Yeah, no, that puts it into a lot of perspective for me because I have, like, this deep distrust, this atheist distrust of you religious organizations. Yeah, you should. I think that just because you believe in it doesn't mean it excuses you from leading your right. congregation into something stupid, right? Like, you cannot, you can't be like, oh, I believed that going and drowning all of us in the well would, you know, lift us up to heaven. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if you believed in it you shouldn't have done it and stupidity can be as evil as just calculated whatever <laughs> what am i saying stupidity can be as harmful as calculated evil can be i will agree with you mm -hmm. okay so on the note of false prophecies i would like to introduce you to my second favorite wikipedia page of all time <laughs> what's your first Oh, I'll talk about my first. Okay. <laughs> this one's pretty funny, though. So it's like one of those pages that like gets funnier and funnier as you scroll. It's called List of Dates Predicted for Apocalyptic Events. And it is so funny that the amount of times we have predicted the apocalypse. And I would like to share with you my top five best mm. end of days predictions. Mm. I want like a guitar rift in here. Mm. Number five. In the year 500, three theologians predicted that Jesus would return that year. 500 years after he died? Right, that's just impatient. Yeah, you know? fellas. 
I know. We're here to 2020, our year of the Lord, when, like, you know, let him rest. Yeah, dude. Let him chill. Conveniently, after it didn't happen that year, <laughs> one of the theologians changed his prediction from the year 500 to 800. <laughs> Yo, this dude has no imagination. <laughs> He's like, nope, it, it's only going to be 200 years experience. That's it. 100 year spans. Not like 801, nothing like no, that. No, no, no. Honestly, I can't make fun of these people too hard. <laughs> Why? Because I see the obvious parallels between these false prophecies and me not knowing when your birthday was this year <laughs> and wishing you happy birthday on the 21st, the 22nd, and the 23rd. Just so and, changing my prediction. And the 24th. And the 24th. <laughs> now, was that me being a bad friend? Or was it me being a great friend by celebrating <laughs> your birthday for three days and three nights? Yo, honestly, okay, looking at it from that perspective, it's not just that they're impatient, but it's because they love their bro so much. Exactly. They were like, bro, come back multiple times. <laughs> come on my back. Multiple times. <laughs> Okay, number four. Christopher Columbus predicted that the end of the world would happen in both 1656 and 1658, proving <laughs> once again that he had no idea what was going on ever. I didn't actually read much into this. Like I said, all of this research is heavily Wikipedia-based. <laughs> or it could be just something you made up. It could be, uh, but it's not. <laughs> In 1987, this is a cool one, a man named Jose Arguel organized... That's not a real name? Arguel. <laughs> it's Spanish. Organized what was called the Harmonic Convergence to correspond with a rare astrological event where all of the planets in our solar system, like, exceptionally aligned. How did he know this? When was this? 1987. So it was like this, this, this incoming like astrological event. It, it happened again in 2019, but no one gave a shit. But in 1987, based on interpretations of Aztec prophecies, Arguel said that if 144,000 people did not gather together at different, what he called power centers across the globe, the world would end. You can't see me, but I'm rolling my <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> he, he, he said that there were certain like, there were temples that were like, power centers and people needed to go there mm. and do peace meditation okay i have been overusing the word stupid in this podcast what's today? another word to describe how you feel about jose arguel use i language use i language. hate him i think that he was reading into things i don't like anybody who reads into things Reading is so overrated. Yeah, let's all be illiterate. Also, I hate people that look at astrological phenomena and go, yep, that's relevant to me. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. All of these predictions are so self-centered. What makes us think that anything or anybody, any force, any higher power gives a shit about what we're doing yeah. ever? But that's, I think, the atheists in us. <laughs> yeah, Jose, sorry. I'm, it's hot. I'm angry. It's hot. She's she's getting mean. I have underboob sweat stains. It's just not sexy. So, I have a surprise for you. People did it. No. People did... A hundred thousand people? I don't know how many people, but the harmonic convergence was the only simultaneous peace meditation across the globe. And Like, for example, the Johnny Carson show. 
you know it? Like, it's like... Talk show? Yeah, it was like an old talk show. Mm -hmm. When it was happening, Johnny Carson had everyone in the audience do it. Like, ohm, which is, you know, dumb and offensive. But technically, they still participated. I'm sure the Hindus fucking loved it. (laughs) They love it it when, uh, you know, all all Americans and Canadians are like, oh, cultural appropriation. Nah. You've seen those gurus on those Netflix documentaries? Those fuckers want you to appropriate. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Because it means they make money. Did you see the, um... Uh, what was the crazy one? Bikram. Bikram! Did you see the documentary? No, I did not. It was, we need to... Very disturbing. Why? He's so ugly, too. I don't want to think about him He's having really sex. really hideous and, Ugh. like, a predator. <laughs> like, if you have to be a predator, look like Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bikram looked like a lint roller that you rolled around in, like, some hair in your shower. Ugh. Like, it was really gross. His skin hung off him that's not, that's not what skin's supposed to do <laughs> okay so number two in 1806 a woman in england had a hen that laid eggs on which the phrase christ is coming was written mm-hmm. hmm. okay uh hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. the thing is okay okay hens their mm-hmm. internal organs yes. can't write things. Right. So it was a work of God. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Well, actually, she was letting her hens lay eggs. Then she would write on them with corrosive ink oh. and then reinsert them back into the hen's oviduct. It's just like so many easier things to fake. Right. This took effort. This took abuse yeah. of animals. She reinsert. That's like. So sad. Dude. Oh my God. That's Poor like if chicken. someone put your blood back in your vagina after you. <laughs> okay. But if your blood was a solid egg though yeah. as well. What What was her. Per- like did she want to get money? Like what was she insane? Uh, I don't know. She was just like a charlatan. She was just like. Did like. People covered it in the media. This is fake. Hmm? This is fake. This is fake. No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. Yeah, because you were saying that, like, this is an article about doomsday scenarios. Yeah. And year predictions. Where's her year prediction? She didn't have a year. No. So in 1806, she predicted Christ is coming. And like I said, eschatology doesn't always mean, like, apocalypse end of the world, end of humanity, it could mean an apocalyptic event like Christ. Okay. Returning. I will keep this in mind. Okay. I will keep it in mind. Are we satisfied with the uh, the justification? What's that- number one? Number one, the Millerites were followers of a Baptist preacher named William Miller, and he predicted... <laughs> I was about to say that's so um, inventive. Oh, the Millerites, your yeah. founder's the Miller, and then I realized Christians. <laughs> So he predicted that Christ would return by October 22nd, 1844. So Mm -hmm. in an event called the Advent. Oh, Advent calendars. Advent, yes. Um, So there are charts and graphs on the Wikipedia page that show how, like, mythology methodically he made this prediction it it, it made me like it was it was intimidating it was scary like the amount of work that goes into these these predictions that are false so this reminds me of something in my own life Mm -hmm. uh i was in year eight so i would have been around 13 and me and my friends decided to come up with a, a theory of everything oh neat no made no sense okay what was the theory 
I don't remember the specifics. I wish I had that paper, but I thought I was so... But you so... guys did, like, charts yes. and, like, yeah. oh. And we had, like, a diagram. And then I did it on the whiteboard so that everyone could see. Oh, no. In my class. And I was definitely called a nerd that day. And each time I said, well, at least I'm going to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway. I hate you. <laughs> I hate back. everything that you were and have become. <laughs> okay, so when Christ did not return on October 22nd, 1844, it led to an event. An event that led to my first favorite Wikipedia page ever. <laughs> it was called The Great Disappointment. <laughs> so also known as so the title dramatic. of your sex tape. <laughs> I just love, I can't believe there is really an event called the Great Disappointment. (laughs) It's like they invented disappointment. Just to be clear, the disappointment had real consequences. So, like, just like the Jehovah's Witnesses, Millerites had sold property and investments, and, like, it was all super public. So when it didn't happen, the public went nuts. William Miller, the original guy, he recalls children taunting him in the streets. (laughs) Have you a ticket to go up? (laughs) Have you a ticket? Are you going up then? I'm just imagining like like little British boys with like you know the stick where they beat the ball around on the on the streets of England and they're just they're they're like prancing around him and like have you a ticket? This is gonna be just like unusable because I can't do anything but laugh. Okay. What? Okay, now it's serious. Okay. Okay, a Millerite church was torched to the ground in what? New York. A mob attacked a Millerite congregation in Illinois, and a Millerite man in Toronto was tarred and feathered. What does that mean? It, it, a practice gone too soon, in my opinion. <laughs> um, you the, you take a person and you cover them in tar, like sticky black tar, yeah. and then you throw feathers at them so that they look like a like a foolish oh my god bird, unbelievably cruel, and I've heard, but also. Could have been a fetish. <laughs> Why were they angry with these people who weren't really doing anything? That's the thing, is it was just... Honestly, like, I can't I, I, I can't seek to explain this because I don't think that Aha. the same thing would happen. Aha! Oh, I'm sorry I did an astral project into the, the <laughs> psyche of a bunch of 1800s mobs. <laughs> there were a lot of mobs back then, Carissa. A lot of buildings were burned down. I don't know why people do it. I just find it so sad that it's called the Great Disappointment. These fuckers are basically, they've kicked themselves into the ground. And mm-hmm. then mobs are like, hey, I'm going to make it worse. Right, yeah. Uh, I I don't genuinely understand how angry they got. But also, like, the level of emotions that people used to feel back then <laughs> are insane. Because now I feel like we don't have, like, events that feel like that for us that make that large of an impact like for me it's like like oh wow they forgot the seaweed salad on my poke box this is truly the great disappointment this is this is disappointing on a historical proportion like we just don't have reason to burn people's houses down anymore it's not a thing i mean speak for yourself but did you get those charges cleared up I'm not going to speak about it on record. Yeah, you're not allowed to speak yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, 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 no. 
Anyway, so the great disappointment resulted, like, pretty much in a schism. So mm. different sects from, like, the Millerites, so they were literally called the post-disappointment Millerites, <laughs> so they broke off to become different types of Adventists. So, like, you know, like, the Seventh-day Adventists? <gasps> yeah, they stemmed from this. Oh, my God. And they continued their wacky shenanigans, just like always. <laughs> Literally 20 years later, when another Advent prophecy was unfulfilled, an Adventist theologian claimed that Jesus had returned, but in an invisible form. <laughs> this, is, this is the equivalent of being six years old mm -hmm. and messing up and going, no, it was my friend. My friend did it. And now they're invisible. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. So, honorable mention, because it is on the Wikipedia page, but didn't make my top five, the 2012... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Phenomenon. Dude, was Nick... he in the 2012 yeah. movie? Nick... He was? Nick Cage is in 2012. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I guess you're right. Why is he in two apocalypse movies? There's a prophecy there. <laughs> There's a prophecy there somewhere. I know he knows something. Exactly. Anyway, was 2012 like a big thing for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was big huge. thing. Ooh, tell me about that. I like have the shittiest memory on the planet. I only remember things that are relevant to me, and I didn't believe in 2012, so I was like, whatever. But I know that it was a big deal, and like people. Yeah, big deal. The scariest was 12, 12, 12. Mm. Like, December 12th. Oh. Yeah. I don't think there were any real consequences. Like, I don't know anyone who sold their house. It just didn't happen. No, I don't I don't think that 2012 had any real weight to it. It was just mostly internet drama. Yeah, I was too young, I think, for it. What the fuck? How old were you? 14. Oh. Yeah. I I'm was only a year older than you, though. I was crafting my own <laughs> theories at this point. Um, I, at that time, I had developed the personality of, like, you know, like, a teenage girl who's into Harry Potter. I was, like, that girl. I am that girl. No, you're not, though. But you're not, because you're not, like, what's your house, you know? What is your house? Um, I am a Wait. Ravenclaw. Okay, sorry, I was going to guess. And Man. I was going to guess Ravenclaw. Yeah, you're a Gryffindor. No. What? I'm a Hufflepuff. No! Yeah, no, you're I'm not a Hufflepuff. I'm 100% a Hufflepuff. You're way braver than a Hufflepuff. Oh, no. no, 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 no. You're not, not, you're not, like... Unassuming enough to be a Hufflepuff. I'm sorry. Can we stop talking about Harry Potter yeah. for two episodes? Yeah. Um, we should talk about K-pop. Anyway, go on. Just for no reason, or no, just like you know how we reference Harry Potter or Disney because they're oh, big ones. So you want to double down on our embarrassing references? Hey, as a K-pop fan, K-pop is not embarrassing. It is very, very devoid of soul. I will give you that. Yes. But it has pretty girls, and that's all I care about. But it's creepy. They're like they're like slaves oh. to their record labels. You know what? We're all slaves. <laughs> so <laughs> to K-pop. Uh, I think you and e you and me like through this podcast, we're we're sort of like our energies are are morphing to create one worse person <laughs> who neither of us would want to be this friends with. This is what a marriage is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get married? Yeah. So, last section. How do we behave when we think the world will end? So I've mentioned a couple different things. Like some people sell all their stuff. Some people they did like that peace meditation thing. That was like the nicest thing to do. <laughs> but if you believe that the world will end very soon and your reaction to it is, it might be better that I'm not around for that. You might be interested in a doomsday cult. So a doomsday cult is a lay term for a new age religion that believes the end of the world is imminent. And it sounds scary because it is. 
Doomsday cults are known for, like, mass suicides and acts of terrorism. Like Jim um, Jones? Yeah, Jim Jones, they, they weren't, they were actually a communist cult, but he was also known to, to say that, like, oh, capitalism is going to bring the end of the world, whatever. Sure. But, so, when I say acts of terrorism, I'm thinking about, have you ever heard of the Tokyo subway attacks? Yes, vaguely, I remember. Yeah. yeah, well, so I had heard of them, but what I didn't know is that they were done by a doomsday cult. What? Yeah, so like a group of men who were part of this cult, they wanted to basically start the Third World War apocalypse. They thought that the major players would be Japan versus the United States. Obviously, they were probably a little affected by the like the U.S. occupation of Japan. Yeah. And they brought sarin, which is like a toxic chemical, which is like, it evaporates super fast, so it's not... Um, it's, it's, it's hard for it to be lethal yeah. because it just, like, disappears super fast. But it's really toxic and you lose your eyesight. 5,000 people went to the hospital because of their, like, coordinated attacks on all the Japanese subway lines. God, that's terrifying. It's so fucking scary. Uh, some people didn't even know that they had been exposed. So they just went to work. And they were like, I feel sick. Jesus How fucking Christ. terrifying is that? Imagine just feeling a little bit sick and then realizing that you've been poisoned. How scary. I would kind of feel like, you know how you always, like, as a kid, you kind of dream about being a king? Okay. Yeah, so perhaps not the universal experience I thought it was. This is not (laughs) universal. You dreamed about, like, being poisoned? Or, no, like, I just, like, it's, attack? it's just a thing that happens when you're a king. That's why you have uh, oh, tasters. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. This is really not universal. <laughs> yeah, take it all back. No, this is, like, like you're really coming together for me right now. You have, like, a Napoleon complex. Like, you're, like, four foot and you want to be a king. I am not four foot. I'm four foot and a half. <laughs> Okay, there are so many doomsday cults. I really had a hard time deciding which one to do, mm-hmm. but I decided on probably the most famous, at least like in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is Heaven's Gate. Have you ever heard of Heaven's Gate? No. Okay, this is creepy. They were kind of a Christian-ish cult in California, mm. but at this, they believed in aliens. So, like, I feel like there is like a population of Christian people who like fuse ufology and like Christianity. Um, don't Mormons have weird yes. shit? Yes, they have aliens? weird alien stuff. Yeah. So they were really eccentric. By they... eccentric, do you mean rapey? No. Oh. As far as I'm concerned, not rapey. Oh. But, like, eccentric. Okay. okay. So their leaders called themselves Doe and T. Doing... Man, woman. Yeah, man and woman. They. I don't think they were married. I think the man had, like, a homosexual. So he was raised as a Lutheran, but he was a homosexual. And so that made him kind of crazy. Like, just the oppression or whatever. Oh, God. So, all of the members of the cult were doing the master cleanse. So, all they drank was lemonade with cayenne pepper and maple syrup. Wait, isn't that what Beyonce did? Yeah, the master cleanse, like, it doesn't belong to them, but they, that's all they ate and that's all they drank. And they all dressed the same. Black shirts, black sweatpants, and black Nikes. That's the lamest costume for a doomsday cult. I know. It literally just looks like like the dudes from the volleyball team in my high school. Like, <laughs> but in 1997, all wearing all the same shit, they committed a mass suicide of 39 people in the leader's mansion, including the leader. So they poisoned themselves with phenobarbital and put plastic bags over their heads. So they would both fucking be poisoned and suffocate. That's awful. Yeah. And the idea was that 
so there was an impending comet at the time called mm. the Hale-Bopp comet. And they thought that there was an alien spacecraft following the comet and that the spacecraft would transcend their souls to another dimension. Mm-hmm. You know what I said about that other dude? Which dude? That he deserved it? <laughs> <laughs> no. The- no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah, them too. Chris, Americans are just like this, though. <laughs> They're just, you can't fault them. This is just a part of their culture is to be really fucking unintelligent and it's no one's fault. So here's the part that's the craziest for me. Mm-hmm. And this is where... <laughs> crazier than the weird alien? Yes, okay. crazier than that. So all of those 39 people didn't kill themselves at the same time. Oh. It happened over the course of three days. They divided into groups of three and after each group would kill themselves, the remaining people would clean up their bodies, remove the plastic bags, and stage them, put like a, a purple velvet blanket over them, and then they would go kill themselves next. So that means that they saw people die, and they didn't even think twice about it. They're like, okay, my turn. Now I'm gonna die. Oh my god. Can you imagine the amount of brainwashing that, like, takes? This is why I don't trust people's free will. Like, you should be allowed to do whatever you want, if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> we should really bring propaganda back. Yeah. And, like, this is scary because I'm just thinking about in terms of like, this is going towards sex, a little bit removed. Yeah, I'm go thinking ahead. like, okay, you have, you, you're in a culture and an adult woman or man right. and they have these really degrading practices mm, and mm-hmm. then you do it because you, like people mm-hmm. watch people kill themselves and then decide to do it yep. something on a lesser scale why wouldn't they also follow along yep should we be like we can't prosecute the guy that did it because it was quote-unquote consensual? consensual right right which is why i mean there is kind of a movement to change the language around mass suicides to forced suicide yeah. because it, like you could say it was consensual but these people were super brainwashed and yeah, like, maybe we should do an episode about, like, violent sex and things like that, because we both agree about this. It's consensual, but it's a little dicey. It is a lot dicey. It's a lot dicey. It's a lot yeah. of dice. But happening. yeah, this whole thing is very interesting. And I'm glad that there is a movement to move it towards calling it forced. forced. It's, yeah. it's 100% forced. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that concludes my information. I ended on a real bummer, but... No, that was fun. Here's a different... Different bummer, because Mm. I want to talk to you, an environment student. So you know more ways than most people about how the world will actually end. Um, I want to know, what's your favorite? Probably that we are going to have civilization collapse as we know it. Okay. Right? So the most likely I see is, like, resource wars. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, oh, that's not going to happen. We haven't had that happen in a very long time. Even, like, the world wars, they were not about resources. yeah. But there is evidence to show, even in, like, the Middle East, like, the droughts hitting mean that there was a lot more violence. um, And, like, you see in places like in India, which I know the most, like, the changing climate patterns mean that, rainfall is impacted and it's not even just like we don't have rainfall it's like either it's too much but we can't predict it like we used to be able to so imagine you don't have a real growing season anymore so when do you buy the seeds when do you do this when do you do that that leaves a lot of people going hungry hungry stomachs mean people are willing to riot 
Wow. And I think that we will have that, especially in the third, like, I hate saying the third world, but, like, the third world where I think people are more intimately connected with resources. Like, here, our food, it's... We're, we're six degrees of separation exactly. from our food, for sure. So, but I think there will be a ripple effect because then... Like, countries like America will already, you know, you see the wars in the Middle East, it was about That's, oil. Yeah. And then we'll move on to uh, basic yeah. resources God. like water, soil. Dude. That's why I think Canada is uh, actually really vulnerable because you guys have a lot of water, a lot of fresh water. A lot of resources. A lot of arable land. And with climate change means, like, your land up north will be freed up for agriculture, too. I fuck. You guys are going to be invaded. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll be honest, that was way more of a bummer than I imagined it being. Obviously, climate change will impact us, like, in terms of physical Right, effects. but I never thought about what that would do yeah. to us. You will likely oh, die because God. of society collapsing before you will die because of, you know, the sun giving you sin- skin yeah. cancer or Holy something shit. like that. My heart is being so fast right now. <laughs> that was a horrible it's exciting. activity. I'm going to be a warlord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a wild ride from start to finish. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a great journey. I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like you are playing some mind games on me. You're going to be like, oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. I don't do that. But <laughs> I don't believe it for one second. So I'm going to give you... We've been doing this for... Yeah, I want to give you three things. Uh, basically, your three best guesses at what's yeah. not real. And then we'll get a get like a clue... And yeah. then we make our final guess. Yeah. We're making a structure as we go. Yeah. I like us. it because it's, a good structure. it's hard. Pretty basic. Honestly, this these... is way harder than I ever imagined. <laughs> I'm so much dumber than I thought I was. Oh my God. So dumb she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do three guesses. Um, so my three guesses. One, number one is the hen thing. The egg hen, hen? thing. Yep. That's just so redonkulous i cannot i hope it is not real the two but then again maybe it is because it's so stupid my second guess is the islam uh section that you had and i think it's that one because you didn't give me that much information and i think it's because you knew that i know a little bit about it (laughs) and you were like i'm just gonna skirt the edge of this (laughs) and the third one uh, is the 12th, like, the Adventist... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Great, the great disappointment. disappointment. I think that that nobody was tarred and feathered. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I think you made that up. Or maybe you didn't because it just seems so historically accurate. Like, I have seen that in movies. Or not movies, Tom and Jerry. Oh, my God. They did do that a lot. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty dark. Um, can I get my clue? You want a clue? I made up something about one of the religions mentioned today. Wiccanism. That's Wiccanism. kind of guess? Yeah. You, the, the 1950s thing. Okay. Or, or not the 1950s thing. Mm, I think the, the gods. The goddesses. The gods. Wiccanism. Yeah. Okay, my so final... your guess is that I made up the gods. Or no. So, okay, my guess is that you made up facts about the Wiccanists. Okay. Uh... Gods about yeah, Wiccan Wiccan gods. You're you're half right. Okay, you're half right. Hey, tell me the truth. The gods are real. Wiccans do not have eschatology at all. 
I made up everything about their end of days narrative. Oh my god. But you fucking got it though. That fucking counts. To be fair though, but you said about a religion. That gives it away. I mean, I did think yeah. it was Islam, but like, not really. Okay, well, you know what? Fuck you, because you got it. Pretty much. I'm going to count that as a win for you. No, that's it's so close. I'm so disappointed to know that the egg story is real. I, uh, the the earth is weird. The <laughs> earth is so weird. And that's what's so beautiful about this podcast is like, anything might as well happen. I know. And that's what makes it so hard because yes. you're always like, no, this cannot be true. And then humans just surprise you. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I was trying to be as respectful as I could. I'm going to be honest. Last night at about 3 a.m., I finished all this and I closed my laptop and then I walked away and then I realized I didn't come up with a lie. <laughs> And I ran back, and it, and I put that together in five minutes. <laughs> this is really good. It was hidden away. Mm. I just picked it. You know why I picked it? Why? Because I was thinking about how actually you are a Hufflepuff. You would not lie about Islam. Not Aww. you. Yeah. Wow. You are a real sleuth. So last minute, I was like, what's the least? I was either going to say Baha'i or Wiccan. Yeah. But I didn't remember anything wow. about the Baha'i. Really good. No, super good. Um, so I think so. Four episodes. That's three for you. Yeah. Wow. You're. you're no, really... no, no. Two and a half. Give me. Like it, I didn't get this point. It was half. You think? Yeah. Okay. I just said the section. The section doesn't count. Okay. What matters is you're like right. the fact within. Okay. We're gonna go two point five, and I got one point five. Yeah. And the points don't matter, and we're gonna make it up as we go. Mm. And uh, yeah. Unless bars open, then they do matter. Cause... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I th- okay. What's the prize? What What's do we get? I want something nice. A cake. So you want cake. Yeah. So cake. if you win after how many episodes? It like are we doing a ten episode? Fifteen. Fifteen odd number. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. No, um, it gives us time to save up for this cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna put a little nickel in my lie jar. <laughs> okay, what do you what do you want? Okay, you want a cake? I want. I want a real prize. I want humiliation, and I want glory. Glory, really. I oh, glory. coming for my crown. Okay, I could pay for a billboard. That says Renee won. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> How much would it cost? Well, I don't know. With all of the people who are going to be donating money to us after they hear this podcast. <laughs> but... No, um, I'll take I'll take some beer. Okay. I'll take beer. Okay. Speaking of publishing, so this is episode four. Guess what? We're going to publish all of this very soon. So if you're listening to this, you're in the future. We're in the past. Wow. And if you're listening, yeah, I mean, that's how all podcasts work, I understand. Yes. But you're, you're really in the future. So let us know how coronavirus turns out in four weeks. Yeah, if one of us is dead. Yeah, just let us know. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Um, so which, the other one's aware. Yes, yeah, so the other one knows. Yeah. And also send in applications for replacing us. Please send someone dumber than Krista because I can't keep losing. It's really hard for me to keep losing at this. Uh, that's not going to be that hard. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is a great episode. Thank you, Renee, for your Thank research. You. And we will see you guys next time. This is Double Bluff, and now it's over.